We are back once again. I know it's been quite a while, but I am here with my co-host, Kev. How are you doing today, Kevin? Doing pretty well. I'm excited. We've got uh, TakeOver and we got SummerSlam coming up. And actually, both seem like pretty promising cards. So um, I'm actually looking forward to this weekend. You and I both. I know it's been quite a while, but, you know, I'm excited to be back. We've been looking forward to recording once again. Took a little bit of a hiatus, but we are back and better than ever, people. So let's get right into it. Tonight, we have NXT TakeOver Toronto. Once again, they're going with a five-match card. I think they have a good, steady, you know, idea going as far as those five-match cards go. Every single one has proven to be a great show, so I think they should keep going with that formula. Um, But let's get it started. First match that I have on the list, and I think it's a strong match to start with, is the match for the North American Championship. We currently have Velveteen Dream as the champion. He's going against... Uh, NXT UK's Pete Dunn and Roderick Strong. I kind of like the idea that they are bringing back the feud with Pete Dunn and Roderick Strong, but now including someone that's like a superhero heel as far as like Velveteen Dream goes, Yet, although he gets those face vibes uh, with the crowd. But yeah, you know, add him to the mix and it's just been a chaotic time, but I love what we got going here. Who you got with this match, Kev? You know, this is actually... All in all, one of the harder cards for me to predict. Um, I think a lot of the takeovers in the past have been a lot more clear-cut with who's going to win. For me, this is a little harder to tell. Um, I want to say that uh, Roderick Strong's going to win because it would make sense storyline-wise for me, at least, that the Undisputed take a lot of these wins today, if not all of them, uh, because Adam Cole did say they were going to be draped in gold this year. So, uh, I, I, you know, if, if Dream has to lose it, I, I would like Roderick Strong to win it. I think that'd be a good pick. Um, though I could see Dream retaining it, and I do see a benefit from him retaining. So, it, it could go either way between them two. I just would think that you could kind of uh, keep Pete Dunn away from this one. Um, I don't even think he really needs to be added to this match. I do think it was a great addition because it's going to make for a better match overall. But I don't think he should be winning this match. So, I will say that I'm pretty confident Pete Dunn's not going to win this match. But... Um, my prediction is going to be Roderick Strong, but it's, it's a very, very weak prediction because, like I said, Velveteen Dream can definitely keep on with this title. I'm not sick of him as champion right now. I, he can definitely keep on going with this title run. I'm enjoying it a lot, and I think he's a great North American champion. With that being said, though, um, I do think that Roderick Strong is due for a title victory, and I think that's the perfect title to give him. So uh, I'm going to go with Roderick Strong, ultimately. So there's two things to do with you here on, right? That Pete Dunn will not be winning this match. But he was a great addition. That's kind of like a combo and one of the things I agree with. Uh, But, yeah, everything you said about Pete Dunne, I definitely agree with. And I do agree that Roddy should have a chance to have gold. However, I kind of got a different theory in mind, which I'll touch up on more so toward the main event. But I actually think Dream is going to retain. I don't see anything wrong with having him retain in this sense. I think it'll only make him more valuable, not only as a, a superstar, but as the North American champion. I think he's somebody that could be like up in the categories as far as like when we think of the Intercontinental Championship, you know, as far as how people think of like Honky Tonk Man and like Pat Patterson and how you and I think of like Rob Van Dam essentially like as an Intercontinental Champion. I feel Velveteen Dream is that person for the North American Championship in NXT right now. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I see I see him just becoming a stronger champion out of it. Who knows, maybe he could carry two belts at one time if they just decide to push him toward the main event picture. But I think if he loses, he moves into that main event picture. Um, But I'll go a little more in why I believe this 
when we get into the main event. Uh, so this way I could like kind of break it all down when we talk about Adam Cole as well. Yeah, but the question is then, uh, what is next for Roderick Strong if he doesn't win this match? I'll speak on why I believe that down the line, but I, I, I got a whole vision in my mind as far as Undisputed Era goes. Okay. Now, the next match I got lined up is Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. We saw Io Shirai's character develop, you know, extensively to Shayna Baszler. Um, she's taken on this edgier, more violent character. I actually really like where her character has been going. And it's kind of hard to decide as far as this match goes. It's not really the most exciting match on the card, but I think it may be a show stealer to an extent. Not probably the show stealer, but... I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised with this match. Uh, who are you thinking in this one? This one's another hard one to call. Like I said, most of this card for me is pretty tough to call. Um, but this one is also another one of those. It could go either way, but that's just because I think of how the fans are reacting to Mia Yim. Personally, I don't think Mia Yim should win this title or this match. I think Shayna should continue to be booked as a strong champion. Um, I still think she's got some length in her title run, a little more left at least. And I personally don't think Mia Yim's the one to take it off of her. I think there's more in the story of maybe someone like Candice LeRae taking the title off of Shayna. Um, you can go with other wrestlers too. And, um, you know, I thought they, they did that Bianca versus Shayna match a little too soon because for me, I would have loved to see Bianca uh, take I, it off I of her, thought that's I, when it was going to happen. When you and I did those predictions, I think you and I both said that we thought Bianca Belair could be somebody that would take that title. Yeah, and it just seemed like it was the wrong time because I wanted, you know, it to happen a little later down the line. But I also understood kind of when they did it. But personally, I think they should have saved it. Um, but Mia Yim, for me, I think it's like the fans are behind her because they know that she's a pretty good in-ring competitor. But when it comes to being a champion right now, at least, I, I don't see it personally. I, I don't see it as being a really that entertaining of a title run personally. Um, who knows? I might be surprised. You know, I don't want to speak too soon, but uh, I think the match will be a good match. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's, it's just way more believable for Shayna to win this match. I just see her way more vicious and... For me, also, Mia is just not on that uh, mic skill level and promo level that, that Shayna's at. And Shayna's you, just so much more dominating as a champ. Do you believe this, though, because you think Candice Lurie or Io Shirai could be somebody to come and take the title off of her? Yeah, for sure. I think I think Io would even be a great choice. And I think that would be a cool uh, heel versus heel dynamic, even. I wouldn't mind that at all, because Io has just been so vicious lately. And I really like this heel turn from her. So I wouldn't mind Io taking that title off either. But, yeah, I don't see it, like... They, they absolutely might go with Mia winning the championship because the NXT crowd seems to be behind her. But I personally am not really into it. So, you know, I would like to see Shayna take this title. But So I'm going to go with Shayna. Okay. And then you think whoever wins the Candice LeRae Io Shirai match is going to be the person to go after Shayna? That's what I like to think. Yeah, I, I, I would love that personally. And, and who, who do you have in that match? Hmm. That's a tough one to say because it seems like they're booking Io so strong. Um, you would think that Io would be the choice. I would want Can Candice to win uh, in this scenario, but I think they're going to have Io win. Okay, yeah, because I was thinking, honestly, Candice may win just because they were already pushing her and she was in the Royal Rumble earlier in the year. I think now right. they're trying to actually build star momentum toward her being somebody capable of taking the belt off of Shayna. Um, so you already said Shayna is going to win the NXT Women's Championship match. I want to say I think Shayna is going to win this match, but it's like you even said, I think they're trying to push for me to get off of her. 
Uh, the storyline yeah. they built with that, they made it seem like what we're leading toward. But at the end of the day, I'll go with match. Me too. Yep. Okay. Um, so let's go with this next one here because uh, that one kind of was like a two birds and one stone. So the next one before we get to the main event is actually the NXT Championship match. We have the Street Profits and we have the NXT Undisputed Era. Oh, the NXT Tag Team Championships. I am so sorry. The NXT Tag Team Championships. Um, we have the Street Profits versus Undisputed Era, and that would be Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. I personally got to say this because I've been thinking hard about this match, right? I got to say this. I know Street Profits have been on Raw lately, and a lot of people feel like they're going to lose the titles because of that and that they're going to go right into, you know, the main event picture as far as going into the main roster. Um, But I think they're going to win. I think them losing those titles that quick, anything for them. And we already know what happened to War Raiders, Viking Raiders, Viking Experience, whatever you want to call them at this point um and i think if they were to lose their titles that quickly street profits that they would essentially fall into the same fate so i'm going with street profits i think it would be best for business i guess if you want to put it that way that the street profits would win in this case Hmm. yeah um like i said this was another tough one for me but not one of the toughest ones to predict because i do think that street profits it makes the most sense for them to win and i want them to win this match um, this is a great way. I think this, by the way, this match is the perfect example of a face uh, team versus a heel team. This is exactly what you want. You want a heel team that's believable, that can beat the faces, uh, and that everyone can actually be behind the, the heels. But still, it's not enough to want them to beat your current champions who are the faces. You still want the faces to win this match. So I think that's like the perfect dynamic because you care about this match so much. Either way, it, it could It'd be a great ending no matter who wins, honestly. But you still want, at least for me, I want the Street Profits to win just a little more because I just want them to have that longer title reign. Um, but that leads to the question, you know, what happens with Undisputed, which we'll get to in just a second. We'll answer that question, uh, or at least I'll ask you what exactly you think is going to happen. But uh, for the Undisputed, I, I, don't, I, just, I don't know what happens with them. But either way, like I said, if they won it, it would be fine. But I personally think, no matter what, this match is going to be either the best or second best match of the night. I hope it's the first match of the night because I think this is going to be a really, really, really hot match and the crowd's going to be super into it because all four of those guys are like some of the best right now. At least in the tag team division, they are just two of the absolute best teams in the whole world, I would say. Yeah, I, I think this one made clear. And I, as you said, I would hope this would start off if it wasn't the triple threat. Uh, either one yeah. of those, I think, would be the perfect show, uh, match to open up the show. Yeah, agreed. So, like I, I had asked before, so what exactly is it do you, uh, that you think is going to happen with the championships with uh, Undisputed? All right, so we'll, we'll get into this now that we're leading into the main event. Um, but essentially, I also think Adam Cole is going to lose. And I think Undisputed Era is going to go to the... I think the reason why... The club and Undisputed Era got the chance to tease that feud. It's that it's either going to happen very soon or or I would say hopefully. If I were to be in charge of it, I would hope that actually, you know, Undisputed Era would keep the gold and they would have a little bit longer, you know, to prove that they could be draped in gold at the same time. And then like later on toward like WrestleMania season, that's when they could come around to the main roster. Um, But I think they're trying to, you know, push the whole Fox situation as soon as possible. 
making call-ups because there's been a lot of rumors that the NXT September class of signings that they've made is going to be a big one, uh, not only in star power, but also in quantity. And then they also have this breakout tournament that's been going on. So they have an abundance of star power that they're probably looking to like move around and shuffle and make sure that they all have a proper amount of, you know, momentum going to where they got to be. So I think Undisputed Era is probably going to move up now toward the main roster more than ever. Man, that's just such a weird thought to me because, I don't know, in my opinion, I, I feel like there's just a little more for them to do in NXT. And I just think Adam Cole hasn't had the title run um, that we would expect him to have, at least in lengthwise. They've really been pushing this idea that um, Adam Cole has been defending a lot of these uh, title matches in like house shows and stuff like it's supposed to count. And it seems like they're trying to like bulk up almost his uh, his title reign so that yeah. he can be ready to lose it now. So I, I I I agree. What you're saying makes total sense. It's not exactly what I would want to happen though. I really I'm going to be going for Adam Cole in this match. Um, I I'm still going to go with Adam Cole winning this match just because I just want to. That's who I want to win. So that's who my prediction is going to be. But if I went by it's who a very I wanted, I'm prediction. If I yeah, and I'm choosing Cole 100%. But in my heart, like, I feel like that's what they're doing with business. Like, as far as my heart wanting something, mm-hmm. I would love for Undisputed Era all to take their belts tonight, like, and be draped in gold. And I want them to have an evolution-styled run where they're just completely dominating everything. Um, yeah. And even if they had to, like, you know, surrender the belts and move up to the main roster, that would be, like, my ideal situation because I want them to go out on top. But I feel like what you know wwe overall is trying to do not just nxt is that they're probably trying to develop as much star power as they can now they've been putting profits onto the show and stuff like that they probably want undisputed era to debut and make some sort of impact somewhat like i guess nexus did to an extent as well yeah i just and like that makes sense and all but like I said, number one is that I just wish Adam Cole could have a longer title reign. Granted, I know he, he's going to have titles when he was to the main roster, or at least I hope so. I just hope the rest of the Undisputed Era doesn't get lost in the shuffle with that, and they just don't only focus too much on Adam Cole and forget the rest of them. Because as a unit, they need all of them, and they have a lot of length in that stable. Them, just them four, they still have so much left. There is no reason why they need to break up anytime soon. They, they, they've just like barely scratched the, the surface, in my opinion, and they're just... To me, such a dominating uh, faction. I just don't want it to end anytime soon, personally. And, you know, at the same time, uh, I haven't talked about this, really. Johnny Gargano, um, as much as, as great as he is, I still think he's one of the best wrestlers out there. Um, I don't think he needs the NXT title again right now. I, I think he's he's kind of done what he's done in NXT. And I think if anyone should move up, I think he should be the first one to move up. Um, I don't think he has anything left to do in NXT. And he's almost, he's like borderline, not nearly to the extent, but almost becoming the Seth Rollins of NXT, where it's just like he's starting to become just that, a bit of that uh, baby face where you just kind of predict him to win now. And he's very good, but he's already kind of like hit his, his, his peak for what he can do with that character, at least in that division. And I just think there's something, you know, I think I would be more excited to see him mixed up in the main roster, seeing uh, him in fresh feuds and just seeing what he can do uh, now at a, at a bigger level. Cause I think he's totally ready for that. And I think undisputed just has so much left they can do in NXT, especially with, you know, uh, they haven't even done a falling out with Roderick and, and uh, Adam Cole yet because they teased that, but they haven't even gone through with it yet. So there's a lot left to do with that. Yeah, that that's exactly what, like everything you just said was spot on. Like I agree with every single thing you just said, especially with Johnny Gargano. But I think this is another thing. Tommaso Ciampa is coming back. And 
I feel they didn't fulfill, or at least they probably feel they didn't fulfill the feud between Gargano and Ciampa. And, you know, it's kind of like now Cole and Undisputed Era may be the scapegoat and they're just going to go up to the main roster and it's just like Ixnay with their storyline. But I'd much rather see Undisputed Era get their moment and just let Ciampa and Gargano go up to the main roster because that's what was going on before Ciampa got injured was that they were a tag team in the main roster and they may have been the ones in WrestleMania rather than Aleister Black and Ricochet. Yeah, and I get that. Um, but personally, I think, at least for me, I've had enough of the Gargano versus Trump feud for now, at least. And I think they could kind of put a pause on that and let Gargano separate them. Let Gargano go to the main roster, keep Trumpa in NXT, and he can absolutely go for that title again. And he should, because I, I think his title reign was too short. I think he, he definitely is a strong enough champion to win it again and to have a nice long title reign again. Um, or have a nice long title reign, more lengthy this time even. Um, I, I wouldn't mind that at all, but... You know, you also I, you also definitely want to uh, not forget about Velveteen Dream, and I think you you definitely want to start uh, pointing him that direction of the main event scene as well, so that way he can start to be prepared for uh, the main roster as well for an important spot in the main roster, even at that, because you can't lose the momentum with that you got with uh, Velveteen Dream, uh, Champa, or Adam Cole. I think they're so important because those are really like your future stars. No, absolutely. I, I think, you know, that's the, that's something I could wholeheartedly agree with you on on that. Uh, but we'll, we'll move on over to SummerSlam. All right. So the first match I have listed here in regards to SummerSlam, pre-show or not, I'm pretty sure this is going to be like a pre-show match. But the Cruiserweight Championship match, I think it's pretty safe to say. And the match is Drew Gulak versus Oni Lorcan. I think it's pretty safe to say that Drew Gulak will be retaining the title. Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Uh, the way that they are positioning the story is it looks like Drake Maverick is going to be the one to take the title off of Drew Gulak. Um, I'm really honestly not into that storyline. Maybe some of the other fans are, but I'm personally not. I think they really have been utilizing some of the cruiserweights to the best of their abil- ability, uh, kind of like Akira Tozawa. He has been such a great cruiserweight and probably the strongest in the division since Buddy Murphy hasn't been on the roster. And that's someone who the crowd was starting to get behind when he was feuding with Neville, and he only got to hold that title, I think, for like a week or something like that. Um, it's like they always want to like start to push him, and then they just do nothing with him. So I think he just consistently puts on these great matches that are in the main event of 205, and it kind of goes nowhere. And I really want to see something with him, but they kind of give us no reason to like invest in him, and instead they're giving us a, a title run with I guess that's where it looks like it's going, at least. And I'm not really into the Mike Bennett thing either, Mike Canellis. Um, I'm not really into that storyline, at least in the 205 realm. Main roster, that's one thing. But I, I, I'm not into the 205 thing because, like, if they're not going to push him as a champion or something like that or a serious competitor, I'm not into that either. So um, it's, it's like I said, it seems like they're not utilizing Akira Tozawa, who's one of their best and should probably be the champion after Gulak. Um, but it, that's not that's obviously not where they're going with this. And I don't know when they're going to utilize him. But uh, I say that Gulak's going to retain for this one and he's going to drop it to Drake Maverick. And we'll see how that goes, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about Drake Maverick in 205 Live anymore. I mean, he's barely there as a general manager. I thought that was a good storyline as far as him and Mike uh, Canellis goes. And I thought that Mike Kanellis was going to win that match and get his opportunity at the title, which I thought, you know, would be partially deserving. I wouldn't say they didn't build the momentum toward him deserving it as far as like a storyline goes. Um, But he is a great competitor nonetheless. 
his main roster storyline has been pretty interesting to say the least. Um, but Akira Tozawa, I think you're right. Akira Tozawa is definitely one of the stronger cruiserweights that they have. He has been underutilized. His only reign as a champion was pretty much like what, like a week or two weeks, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things. Like now you're kind of having someone like Oni Lorcan suffer at the hands of Drew Gulak when Oni Lorcan could also be a, a pretty good champion if given the proper chance. Um, but we got to just wait and see at that point. I think, you know, probably because Drake Maverick was generating a lot of views and revenue probably as far as the 24-7 title goes that they felt that if they do end up pushing him the title in 205 Live, that that's more than likely the reasoning behind it, I can almost guarantee. That Yeah, and I'm sure that is the reasoning for it. Um, but as someone who actually watches 205 Live, it's been making me care less and less about this show and to the point where I am starting to tune out because of the fact that they just seem to be wanting to do this cruiserweight push with Drake, Drake Maverick. I don't mind him getting some type of push on the main roster, but I, I thought they were starting to phase him out of the cruiserweight division. And I just don't, you know, I, in, in general, I just don't like where they've been going with 205 Live lately. It's like they'll put on two matches generally. And the first match is usually a match you just cannot care about. And a lot of times it ends in like a fluke finish, uh, a count out, a roll up something some type of just wonky finish that like and, it, and the crowd never reacts to it uh so it's already care- hard enough to care about that and the main events are pretty good and that's what keeps me watching so now it's just like they're even just messing with the main events they're just not even giving me that so what's the reason to care just hope at the end of this is now that they go into this fox um and they go into fox in october um that they start to do something different with the cruiserweights i would love for them to honestly just be done with 205 Live and just put the cruiserweights on the main roster, NXT, just disperse them evenly wherever they need to go and do something different with them because this this isn't it for me, at least. They can do yeah, so much I'm, more. I'm definitely hoping for the same. I mean, it's already been rumored that they're probably going to cut out 205 Live by the time they move to Fox, and I think dispersing them into NXT or the main roster, depending their star level, is about you know the right idea that they could have with that. Uh, but the following match I have listed here is the United States Championship match. We got AJ Styles versus Ricochet. I think initially they did Ricochet kind of dirty. He didn't really have much of a title run to begin with. I think it was no more than a few weeks. Um, I'm hoping he picks up the title once again because I would rather see AJ Styles move up a little bit. But I could see why this would be the case. I believe they're going to have AJ Styles win. And he's probably going to hold on to the title because they're strengthening up the club for something, whatever it may be. Yeah, I'm going with AJ for this too. I, I And I want AJ to win this because a heel AJ is an AJ I can get behind. I think he's so much more comfortable as a heel. Um, I am way more into him as a heel. I, I just think he's way too vanilla as a, as a baby face. And, you know, even the club, they're, they're, they feel fresh now with, with uh, Luke Gallows even getting the face paint. and just being I was going to say the face paint was actually something nice to see, and it made me feel like it was like a whole new characteristic on that tag team. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I would definitely love a, a, a dominating club run. And I just, you know, yeah, the name is one thing. The OC is kind of an annoying name to me. Um, I at least would, they, would rather they just stick to one meaning of what the O is. It's just like original club or something rather than giving it three different things because it's just so WWE of them to make it just like, it's got to be a catchphrase. It's got to be like a corny thing. If they just like put made it a little more serious, I think a lot more people can invest in it. But it, I, I just hope that their wrestling skills and them as a unit together will be enough to just carry them through that it won't matter. 
Well, you know why they, they did that name, right? Why they did the OC. Yeah, I know why they did it, but I'm saying that they uh, they give it, like, three... They, they say it means, like, three different things. It's, like, original, like, only, and, like, something else. Like, the, the O's mean three different things. They don't just... Like, it doesn't just mean one thing. It's not just, like, original club or the meaning for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I mean, they're just looking to poke fun at the Young Bucks from when the Young Bucks posted that photo. So, I think that's why they're just trying to say, like, no, like, no matter what you say, like, we're the club. No, um, no, yeah, and I, I get that, but just pick, like, one name for, like, the OC. To, like, yeah, exactly. Mean, you know it's just I mean? annoying that you have to keep saying it. It's, Too like, the original. The, yeah, the only, and it's, like, it, you don't have to continuously say it. Like, it was great the first time, but now it's just exhausted. Yeah, yeah, like, if they just want to say it the first time to establish what it is, that's fine, but just call them the OC from now on, or, or just the original club, whatever it is. But, like, I don't, you know, like, we just establish just that they are the original club. And, like, yeah, I know a lot of, like, of, like, whatever annoying fans like are just like oh they're not even the original club like finn is the original club like we get that like everyone understands that by now and i think like they have explained the story a million times by now but it's the fact like it's still original enough it's still like luke gallows and, and carl anderson and, the, and i mean um what's it called aj styles was in the original formation of it even though it was after finn he was still when he was a, a part of when the club mattered so much to everyone when they took it so seriously so like obviously it's fine to call it that and like i said i just i have no problem with it as long as you're going to push aj as a serious heel i just want i would even love for more recruitments in the club um i wouldn't mind if they got like finn when he comes back from his vacation or whatever or if they even had like someone like nakamura or something like that i don't know I would hope for something like that as well. But I guess speaking of Finn, we could jump right into it. And I'm pretty sure this is the easiest match for both of us to decide on. Finn Balor versus the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Um, I'm pretty sure I've told you this before. If I explain the theory of it, like what I think is going to happen. But I'm pretty happy that they haven't announced or hope they don't surprising us with the demon. I would hope that the Fiend Bray Wyatt takes out Finn Balor. Finn Balor goes on his vacation, comes back, whatever the case is, whether it's with or without the club. But I would hope that around WrestleMania, it's the Demon versus the Fiend. And it's, you know, kind of like a more built-up situation similar to, like, what we saw with, like, Kane and Undertaker around, like, 2003 or four, something like that. But leading into WrestleMania 20. Yep, that sounds spot on. I think Bray Wyatt should definitely win this match. I think he is definitely going to win this match. Uh, we know that Finn is, it's confirmed, he's going away for a little bit. So this is the perfect way to write him off. You definitely shouldn't be doing the demon appearance right now because you don't want to bury that character. You still want to defend it because they've actually been doing a decent job protecting that character. So it definitely calls for a rematch as well. Sorry for using the word definitely so much. But uh, besides that, it would be a great match for another time later down the line, whether it be WrestleMania or just any time later on when it calls for it. Um, you can get so much out of those two. I wasn't into the storyline at all when they were doing it back when Bray was doing his original gimmick before he was doing the Firefly, Firefly Funhouse. Um, but now I'm 100% into this because they're putting so much detail into this character, into the storyline, as opposed to before where there was, it just seemed so lazy and not thought out at all. It was Bray Wyatt cutting the same meaningless promo every week and wasn't scary. It wasn't anything. This character has so much more... Um, creativity put to it in general and every week there's something different it's not like before where everything was the same thing and i'm hoping even that the fiend it'll be interesting to see how his wrestling style is different from just the original bray wyatt character i'm hoping it's a more aggressive style 
And I wonder if he's actually taking the mandible claw to be one of his finishing. It looks like it. You said you had, you were saying you hoped he got, you know, a whole new, not really a whole new moveset, but at least a new finisher. Cause you were saying that you believe sister Abigail was more of like a signature or a setup move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still think that um, it's, you know, it's, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a fine move, but it's for me, I think if he's going to have a new character, then do something fresh. The Manimal Claw is definitely a great move to use on some of the older wrestlers who, you know, maybe Mick Foley, Kurt Angle. You can't take they, bumps like that anymore. Exactly. Whoever you want to use, they can't take a, a real bump. That's, a, a, I think, a nice move. And in general, there's whenever a retired wrestler, there's, they're not using that finisher on TV anymore, have someone new use the finisher. Why not? You know, you have new eyes on the product. You want to continue to... Uh, show that move off that's a cool move that will get people to be interested and invested so why not absolutely man i mean that that match i think is still going to be great between finn and the fiend uh but we'll see what happens down the line as far as once finn is back in action the next match also one that may be pretty easy to make a call on i figure put them back to back we have kevin owens versus shane mcmahon and kevin owens's career is on the line I think it's safe to say that we could probably both agree that Kevin Owens is going to win. I don't see him losing and then having to quit after building such a strong character and gaining this much momentum with the fans. Um, and they're saying that this is going to be the way that TV. So, I mean, do you agree or do you have a different theory in mind? Uh, similar. I think what they could go with is Kevin Owens winning this match and then maybe doing a rematch. And then that's when Shane gets written off TV from the rematch. Um, I definitely think Shane needs to go away for a little bit, though, because it's been way too much of him. And yes, he can be funny at times with his heel character. Um, it's time. We need to see the new talent already. Come on. Like, it's this has been quite a while now of this joke going on or whatever this is. And I still don't know what the ultimate payoff is. I don't know if. They want to make Shane WWE champion or what they just, what's the outcome of this. But um, I just want this to end and for everyone to move on to something better. You know, the epitome or like the perfect example, at least of why I can't wait for Shane to get off TV at this point is when he held that town hall meeting, right? And Buddy Murphy actually seemed to side with Shane McMahon. And Shane McMahon's like, oh, let's talk in my office later. And you're thinking in your mind as a fan, like, finally, like, Buddy Murphy's going to get this chance to show himself off, you know, on a live TV audience and everything. And then the only thing we get to see is Roman Reigns kicking the living shit out of him all over the locker room. That's pretty much the best thing that's happened to him at this point since that time. So you wonder... What was even the point of putting that within the storyline? Because people were complaining that he didn't even get no TV time. I mean, the, Shane's just got to go, man. I mean, he he is just really not putting anything at all on the entire roster, on any of the storylines, even his own. Like it's just pissing fans off. It's putting like a wrench in trying to even enjoy the show. It's just got to end. Yeah, it, it, and that's total bullshit. The whole. Exactly what you just said, where Shane was like, oh, let's talk. And then just for Buddy Murphy to get his ass kicked by Roman Reigns. And not only does it make Buddy Murphy look stupid, not only does it just make you hate Shane McMahon more and in a bad way, not even like a heel way, just like a please get the fuck off my screen already type of way. Um, it also just makes you annoyed at Roman, which is like 
they gotta stop with this shit. Like, we are so fine with so much they do with Roman, but then they gotta, like, take it too far and just do these little things, like, attack a wrestler that most of the fans like. It's like, why do you have to, like, make Roman, like, the, the tough guy here? Like, again, like, just make him chill, man. Like, he can still be, like, a tough guy without, like, just beating the wrestler. Just, like, always, he always has to be just so dominant, overly dominant. And it's, like, they want to go one way without, like, they, I've noticed, you know, that they, everyone notices that they have been putting a title on him recently. That they have been, like, you know, keeping, keeping him out of the spotlight to an extent. Um, but at the same time, they're still putting him in a spotlight. Now they're, you know, they're doing this shit in, in like, a main event angle. And now they're doing this shit with Brian and... Sorry, I don't mean to make this a Roman rant, so, like, I'm not... Gonna well, I was going to say, though, the good thing that you brought up was the idea that, like, all right, Buddy Murphy's the wrestler that suffered in that sense. But fans were already saying that they saw Rowan on one of the tapes by the forklift. So why wouldn't you just put Rowan in the locker room and have him confront Rowan while, like, having a match rather than having to... Like, all right, well, this would have been kind of like a solid going way of developing that match in a SummerSlam match because honestly it's not a bad match on card is you know Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns but you then put Buddy Murphy someone who has to still develop as a character in general be the one who suffers at the hands of Roman Reigns which you know for fans like you and I who have been waiting for like a Buddy Murphy to develop it sucks because it's like all right well we're already sick of Roman we're trying to give Roman the benefit of the doubt, but you keep putting things into the storyline that don't want us to give him that benefit of the doubt. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, we appreciate that he's not being, like, shoved down our throats in the, the sense of being, like, a champion all the time and everything. But it's like, you also have to, like, relax with this type of shit, you know? Like, it, they just do too much sometimes with him. They always got to, like, just take it a little too far. And... They just, at the end of the day, elevate your talent that you're not utilizing. They are great. This, this isn't, like, a hard thing to figure out. You know that Buddy Murphy can put on these amazing... Like, I just don't know, like, what what is the deal? What is the holdup here? What's the excuse for this? Because there there seems to be a lot of excuses for certain wrestlers, and I, I just don't understand, like, why some get pushes and some, uh, some others don't, you know? Like, why was Baron Corbin... And I don't mean to go off too off topic. This is where I'm going to end it with this. I just don't understand, like, you know, some shit like Baron Corbin. Now they understand. They've been keeping him off of TV for a couple weeks. Great. See, their understanding of that. But, like, they were shoving him in, down our throats for months and months and months when they could have been using someone just even, like, every now and then, every couple of weeks or something. Put Buddy Murphy in a match or some shit like that or another wrestler that they haven't been using. But it's the fact that they just go so hard on a Baron Corbin or a Shane McMahon or Roman. And that's why none of these other wrestlers don't have time. Where if they would just give us a break with these other wrestlers, maybe we wouldn't hate them so much. Maybe we wouldn't want them off TV so badly. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that is a good ending point there. But I want to end it off with one question. Do you think we see anything as far as that storyline goes between Roman Reigns and then Daniel Bryan? Sorry, what was that question? Like tonight, do you think we see... Or I'm sorry, tomorrow night. Uh, do you think we see anything between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan happen on SummerSlam? Um, if, if, I mean, backstage would be the most that would happen. There, I don't think there's going to be a match or anything like that. Not yet. Uh, I don't know what they're building towards. And I don't know. It, this Even this, I don't really get it. Like, it, it should make for a fine match, sure. I, I just, 
I don't know where it's going, I guess, is where, where I'm getting at. And I just don't know. I, I don't know why they made such a big deal with Brian being like, oh, I'm going to go somewhere I've never gone before. And it's like you're going after Roman Reigns because I, I could have sworn they've had a match before. Yeah, that that's just something that it, it completely confused me. Like, oh, he has this announcement. What was the announcement? Him trying to kill Roman Reigns because that's not that yeah, interesting. Yeah, what was the announcement? To me. That's not like – well, he said career-altering information. It was like, no, that's not even career-altering. That's something you've done previously, and we don't really care to see it as much as you think we do. Um, but I kind of have a little theory or at least an idea of what I think could potentially happen. It's probably a long shot, but could potentially happen. We've already seen Roman and Un- as a tag team. Maybe some sort of like impromptu tag team match or like tag team situation where Roman and Taker take out Daniel Bryan and Rowan. But I think that would kind of just kill that entire storyline and would definitely piss us off. But something in my mind tells me that might be something up their sleeve. Yeah, and um, honestly, at this point, I wouldn't mind if they broke up Rowan and Dana Bryan soon. Because they're like, what else are they doing? What is Rowan adding to this tag team at this point? He doesn't even talk. <laughs> yeah, not really. I mean, and like when he does, it's like kind of it's just there. So there's nothing to really care about. I'm more interested in seeing his band shirts at this point than even seriously, seeing him wrestle. Seriously, and like, and that's one detail. I like the band shirts. I don't even like most of those bands, or like a lot of those bands. But like, I don't care. I like that the wrestlers wear that because it gives them something. It gives them some type of personality, and I don't mind it. For some reason, when the heels do it, and like, it's like these tough heels wearing like these metal shirts. I am all for that. Like, continue to do that. Like, whoever, if there's anyone who writes for WWE that listens to this or whatever. Like, continue. that's totally fine with us. Like, that's not a problem. So the next match I got listed here, and the third and final match that I believe is the easiest one to call at this point, aside from the Goldberg-Ziggler match, is Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus. Who you got? I would, I would think Charlotte Flair because she gets something from this, and that's just that's what WWE does. They usually let the new person beat the old person. Yeah, I'm, I'm also going with Charlotte. I don't think we need to get into much detail about this match because she already made it clear that this is her last match. I actually think, though, it will be a good match because Trish is in better shape than ever. Um, and she seems to be doing her pro. I think I've heard her do, you know, this decent on promos because when we were younger, at least, you know, when she would speak, it wasn't anything like we would want to listen to because that was back when they were trying to make them divas rather than superstars. So they were just saying all kinds of outrageous stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it's safe to say Charlotte wins this match. Yeah. But if you notice when Trish does speak now, the crowd is actually pretty into it. So it's like, she holds her own even for today. She's not like too bad on the mic, all things considered. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. She made drastic improvements. It seems like, you know, she's in a different mindset. She's also now able to be the superstar that have been back then rather than her being a diva. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't even, like, I think she could do another match. I would love, personally, one day. I mean, the booking doesn't call for it right now, obviously. But had they not gone this, like, dark route with Asuka and not, like, you know, just went down this path that they've gone with her, I would have loved to have that dominating Asuka face Trish Stratton in, like, a great WrestleMania match. That That but, actually does sound like one I would be intrigued to see. But... Probably not. Um, but let's just get this one out the way next. Goldberg versus Ziggler. Safe to say Goldberg. Yeah, who cares? Um, like, it, honestly, I, I'm not hating on it like a lot of people are. Because there's a lot of people who like are like, fuck this match, whatever, whatever. 
I don't care. Like, whatever. Dolph knows what role he's in. He's cool with it. Everyone seems to be cool with it. Dolph is good. I don't care what anyone says. Dolph is a good wrestler. Uh, Goldberg is an icon. Yeah, he kind of sucks at wrestling. I agree with everything Matt Riddle says. That being said, Goldberg's still an icon, and he is where he is for a reason. I respect him too much still, and uh, Goldberg's going to win the squash match. But at the same time, who gives a fuck? Yeah, it, it's like all kinds of different feelings for me because you know Goldberg's my favorite wrestler. I mean, exactly. obviously a lot it's of going feelings. to be a squash match, and it's just like I, I know if he didn't concuss himself in that Super Showdown matchup, we would have gotten a way better match, and we would have all probably been pleasantly surprised. But concussed, it could cause a lot of after effects, and he concussed himself pretty damn bad, it seemed. He was bleeding like crazy. Um, so, I mean, you know, just at the end of the day, it's like people are going to still look back at that match and then be like, oh, well, this is what we can remember Goldberg by. And it's like almost hard to say that that's fully his fault because he got hurt. It was his fault for continuing. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's hard to just be like, oh, well, this proves that he's a bad wrestler. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be a two, three minute squash match. And that a spear jackhammer end of day. So this way Goldberg has a more highlighted moment at the end of his career. All right, so we have four matches left on the card. Uh, we'll start with the SmackDown Women's Championship match. I think this one, I don't even know how to feel about this match, first and foremost. All right, so we have Bailey versus Ember Moon. Bailey gave this opportunity to Ember Moon. We, show, we saw that Ember Moon showed a side of her that was heelish, not really full-blown heel, but heelish, and it created like a little interest into this. But then it kind of died out quick because then we just got the basic back and forth that we're normally used to. I would like to see Ember Moon win, but after reading recent reviews that apparently Vince McMahon is not big on her, it seems obvious that Bailey's going to win. And I feel there's a chance we might see Sasha on Sunday. I don't know um, if we're going to see Sasha on Sunday, but it's not out of the question. She's definitely going to return. That much I'm sure. Oh, Sasha will return soon. Um Bailey is an extremely dry champion to me. Look, I'm sorry. Uh, that's that's how I feel. No one's going to change my mind about that. I've given her plenty of chances, many years at this point, several championship reigns. I haven't been impressed. Um, granted, I'll give her credit. Lately, she's been stepping it up in her uh, move set, adding a little more to it. But as a character, I'm 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 so bored to death with this. Um, and it's always it's just you know like you know I, I think. The company is blamed a little too much for Bailey in particular because Bailey is given a lot of opportunities and she just doesn't hit it out of the park a lot of the times. Honestly, um, it, it, in my opinion, I would think Ember is the star in this match, and I think she should be the one to which, but the one to win. But they're obviously, like you said, not positioning her that way. But why Vince doesn't see anything in her that I don't understand because she was getting pretty over on NXT as champion. She was a great champion then. Puts on really good matches, and when she debuted on Raw originally, when she first started to wrestle on Raw, everyone was into it, and everyone was really into her matches. So I don't know what he wasn't seeing just there alone. Even if he wasn't watching NXT, like it was right in front of him. So the fact that he didn't see anything, he hasn't even given her a fair chance. So that that's a lot of bullshit. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I I loved the segment where she threw Bailey back in the ring. Uh, or I'm sorry, when Bailey came out, she threw Bailey into the ring, not back into the ring. But then she went in and took out Charlotte and Bailey, and I loved yep. that. Like I, I even like got up and like started like kind of like shouting out a little bit because I was not even expecting that. And 
there's just this edge to her as a character that none of these other women's wrestlers really have at this moment. Or if they do, like, we already know that they're either the champion or have been the champion and they were deserving of it. Um, but I think Ember should be the one winning this match, but it's kind of hard to feel that Bailey isn't going to lose that belt. Like, I think she she's going to retain. She's going to keep going with this belt. We're going to get the same old dry Bailey until they decide to give us somebody else. Yeah, I agree. That is what they're doing. And at the same time, I just think Ember should have never gotten on SmackDown. I think she should have stayed on Raw. I think she'd be in a lot better position if she were on Raw. For whatever reason, I just, ever since she's gone to SmackDown, she has just been so dull. I don't know what it is, but she's given nothing. But it, it's, I, I think it really sucks. I feel really bad for her because she deserves a lot more than this. And if she would just get a chance, everyone would see she is really one of the best women wrestlers in the company. And I would say even in the world, honestly, she's, she's really damn good. And it, it's, it's, it's really unfair. I think Shane McMahon taking a lot of the TV time accounts for that, but that's another story. And we'll go into the next match, which is the Raw Women's Championship match. Becky Lynch versus Natalia in a submission match. We've seen Natalia go a little off edge as far as her character goes. Um, I don't buy into it. I don't think she's any edgier. It doesn't be more of a badass to me, at least. I'm sure maybe to like a younger audience, they're all impressed with it. But Natalia has just always been Natalia to me. She's very bland as a character. She really just performs in the shadow of her whole family. And she doesn't do anything for herself with the extent of posting a bunch of cat posts. I think she has all the potential to be better. I think she has the determination to be better. Um, but it doesn't take away that she is very talented. I still think Becky's going to retain. They're trying to ride the man wave going forward. Um, now, I want to shout out Coach Jay of the Wrestling Burrito because he told me he thinks that it's going to be like the new Montreal screw job, which I think if they go forth with that is not the best idea. Um, and I just think Becky would be a better champion rather than Natalia. And I think Natalia would just be a waste of a championship reign because it would probably be quick. Um. So, here's what I think. I honestly, ever since Becky has been this face, I have not been super into it. I was behind Becky when she initially did her heel run. I thought it was really cool. And even when she was a face for a little bit, I, I thought it was pretty cool. But especially once she started, they started with the Seth thing. And I know this is not her fault. The, the, the whole pushing of the relationship. I just haven't been into it. I haven't been to her character at all. I just, I, I'm I'm not like, I don't hate on it or anything, but I'm just like, it's just there for me. So I kind of want Natalia to win this match, honestly, but I get everything you're saying. And I don't like, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I, I think Natty like could honestly do a little more when it comes to like promos and uh, overall as a character, it, it is a little one note. I, I'll agree. Um, but that being said, I like the show Total Divas and she's like one of the most important people on that show and I you see a lot of how she really is and like I like her a lot more as a person from what I've seen in that show than just what they show her on Raw and Smackdown so um I'm going for her based on just like that uh and the fact that she's a pretty good wrestler honestly when she wants to put on a good match and when she's allowed to she can actually wrestle and I think this will be actually a pretty good match I think the crowd will be somewhat into it because I think there'll be a bit of a, a you know, they'll, they'll be, of course, the Becky fans, but since they they are in Canada, 
there'll be some natty and and they're too. saying the whole Hart family is going to be in attendance. Oh, okay, yeah. So that adds to it, and I like that. I like that they're, I, I, you know, at least trying with this match. So I do appreciate that. I, I will. I want Natty to win, but I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going with Becky on this. Yeah. Well, I think everything you stated about Natty is exactly why I mentioned this. She has all this potential, and that you know, and I've seen episodes of Total Divas, so I know exactly what you're talking about because. I have a lot of respect for her as a person and as a performer. It's just that when it comes to developing her character, you know, being deserving of a push toward her character, it's like she doesn't really put forth her best foot in making sure that she does everything she can to earn it. Um, And it's like almost it feels like whenever they put her in these matches, it's just like, all right, well, it's Natty. Like, she's a heart. We could, you know, throw her this match. She'll take the fall, you know, put over this person, whatever, like. I, I would like to see her go through a deserving title run where she really like builds forth with something more genuine about herself rather than just like she's a heart. She's going to be in this match. Yeah, and I understand that completely. The last two matches are, you know, the main championship matches, but we'll start with Kofi versus Randy. Um, I kind of like how they built this storyline, basing it, you know, years ago. And how this has been something that could have built over time because they've been around within the same amount of time and they've had their fair share of matches. I think I'm just going to stick with what I want in this one. I want Randy to win. I want Randy to hold the title again, especially leading in toward Fox. I think having Randy hold that title within that length of time is something I could ride with. But I'm certain they're going to go with Kofi, but I'm sticking with my choice of Randy. I'm going to say that Randy Orton wins this match. I respect that choice a lot. Uh, That's a bold choice, but I respect it. I don't know why I am so excited for this match for some reason. I would never expect it. Had you said this match, if if you proposed this match to me maybe four months ago, I don't think I would have given a fuck. But... After seeing these last couple weeks with Randy killing these promos... I am so excited for this match for some reason. I don't think this can disappoint too much if they just kind of let it ride and don't, like, overly WWE it. Just kind of just let them do their thing. I think it'll be so much fun. Um, Like I said, Randy's been destroying Kofi in these promos these past few weeks. Like, Kofi can't even come back to a lot of these things. And, I mean, when they they just stand by each other, dominate and just, like, like, dude, I was all for Kofi winning his WWE title, but I'm I'm starting to I've been starting to the last couple of months already. Just you know, I, I don't dislike the title reign, but I'm also just I'm not passionate about it right now. I'm, it's hard just, to be invested it, into it for a very long time. Yeah, it's just it's kind of going nowhere for me. It's just kind of like they're they're fine. It's a fine run, but it's not. It's kind of like the AJ Styles run. It's just a fine run, but it's not anything to to write home about. But Randy has just been like. He always, whenever he, he's, he's just one of those stars that, like, anytime he's, like, he needs to, he will step up to the plate and just knock it out of the park. It's, like, I don't know how he's so fucking consistent. Ever since he was, like, 23, 24 years old, just always, throughout his entire career, he's always able to do it. And I hate to, like, I don't mean to just be, like, the Randy guy. I would never expect to be that guy. I'm not normally, like, such a, like, a Randy defender. But, like... He, I, it's undeniable, like his star potential and the fact that he's such a strong champion. And I have, 
you know, last year or in like 2016, whenever it was that on SmackDown that he was getting like that title reign, he won the Royal Rumble that year. I was like totally not into that. I did not want that to happen. But now I, I have no problem with with Randy winning the title. So I want Randy to win this, but I think Kofi, they're going to have him keep holding on to this title because I think a lot of fans are going to be mad if Kofi loses this title to Randy, especially with the storyline they've been building. But I think it makes all the sense for Randy to win this match personally, and I would love for him to win the match. Yeah, if I had to say one thing, I think they're going to make Kofi's title run last about a year. I think he's going to have like a year-long title run. I think it's about safe to say. At least, I think, I don't see him dropping it before Survivor Series. Yeah, I think he's going to go into Fox with the title. Yeah, yeah, but like I said, man, I really think Randy winning it, you can go so many ways with that. There's so many good things you can do with that, like, it's like I said, he, he when he needs to step up, he does it. So it's like it, there's there's not too much wrong with it. It's not like with Cena where he just kind of like he just goes through the motions after a bit. Like Randy definitely does that, too. But it's when he's given bullshit, when he's allowed to like be dominant and everything like in this scenario, when he's put into the spotlight, he always does a really great job and he gets yeah. the crowd popping. So and, and not to mention, he has that name that like. If you hear Randy Orton, you know, you get old viewers wanting to tune into SummerSlam when you hear, like, using Brock Lesnar. That's another name. So, in, in this case, I understand why they're using the old names like Goldberg, Randy Orton, and Brock Lesnar. It makes total sense to me. I, I can't, like, fault them for that as a company. We actually also got teased Randy Orton versus Will Ospreay on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that, but if you had to choose one of them yeah. in a match, who are you choosing? Oh, in that case, I think Will should definitely win that match. I, I think Will would would do so great that would be a great run for will and I, I just think that match would be awesome i would love to see that dynamic of style because i think that randy would really just step up to the plate and that sorry i keep using that phrase. he would he would definitely like uh make he would like hold his own in that match you know it, he would find his way to maneuver and keep up with will somehow i just i think the way that randy is able to storytell in a match will balance with will's yeah. amazing in-ring technical skills yeah, I, I definitely agree there. And I wouldn't be mad with whoever wins, but I actually would want Randy to win. I would want Randy to win. I think Ugh, Will would definitely yeah. make the match because Will's just out of this world as far as athleticism goes. I just think Randy Orton, even though he's around 40 now, like he's still, if you want to ask me, like as if he's in his prime, like he's still just as good as he was back when he first debuted pretty much. No, yeah, he is. Um, But the he final match... Really, he- he hasn't oh, well, really, like, missed a beat at all. No, he hasn't missed a beat. No, not at all. He is, and he, he just seamlessly does this. Like, it's so easy for him, and that's the best part about Randy Orton. Like, it's natural to him. And that's, that's what it takes to be, like, a true global star like he is. Like, like the John Cena's and, like, the Rocks and all that. Like, it, it really, like, it's, it's no denying it. Yep. Uh, but the main event of the night, we have Brock Lesnar defending the Universal title against Seth Rollins. I'm going with Lesnar. I'm going with Lesnar. I don't think Seth is going to win this. I don't know where they're trying to take Seth's character because the last thing we saw of that was Seth saying he promises and guarantees that he's going to beat Lesnar. But I think Lesnar's going to win. I think Lesnar's going to hold the title leading into Fox. And then he's probably going to drop the title around there. Okay, let me just start by saying uh, I love Seth Rollins as a heel. I love Seth Rollins as a face in 2017. 
and some of most of 2018. Um, ever since he's won that Universal title, I have just been checked out with Seth. And I'm just not into this goofy, overly baby-faced version of him. WWE needs to relax with the just the corniness and just the just overdoing it with their baby faces. It's not natural to me. Let him breathe. Let him do just be be himself more, please. Like stop trying to force this like overly good guy and like always trying to do the right thing. Like we know that's how he is. Like just like let it chill. I really liked when they originally like they were transitioning from him being a heel to being a face. He wasn't trying so hard to being a face. He just was becoming a face because everyone was getting behind him naturally because he was a good wrestler. Why not just keep doing that with him? Everyone would still like him so much. But now you want me having you want me to have Brock Lesnar win this match when it's like why would I why should that be the case? Shouldn't I want the new guy to win? Like I shouldn't be wanting for Brock to win this match. But I do. I want Brock to clobber Seth because he's been annoying me lately. It sucks because just like maybe six months ago, I thought Seth should be the top of this division, uh, the top of this company. Even I-, I think he's one of the best in the world, and he absolutely has everything to be champion. But now I just don't want him to be champion right now because it just it doesn't call for it in my opinion. And I don't know. I don't know which way they're gonna go with it. I'm still gonna say Brock. That's gonna be my prediction is Brock, and I want Brock to win. And that kind of sucks at the end of the day. But that also, to give Brock credit, he's just so good. I, I love Brock. And they, yes, I, I do think that they haven't done the best way to use Brock. I think there's been times where it's been, it, there's been too, too much absence of him as well. That's the main problem is just there's not enough of him, really, in my opinion, in, in week to week. And there's too much like talking from Heyman and all that. But when he, he calls, when it calls for it and Brock puts on a good match, it, is some of the best stuff and it's some of the most interesting stuff in my opinion at least and that seems how the crowd reacts to it yeah i mean he always makes the best out of his situation i think is the best way to put it for brock but when i think he's for, invested. yeah but i think that Seth with me is it's ironic because he defended it right but i think everything that john moxley said about how wwe just doesn't put out great content for them to follow it's showing right now with Seth Rollins because they are drowning us in terrible content that it doesn't even seem like he has any form of inclusion as far as taking care of what his content is going to have. And it, I think the prime example of it was them shoving him and Becky's relationship in our faces. It didn't even seem like either of them even wanted to have that going. Uh, it seems like they wanted to keep their relationship private, but they found something to, you know, just in the fans' faces because it's like, oh, well, you're both champion. You're both going out together. We should just do this. And they thought probably that would work, but it it wasn't what, you know, they probably had hoped. And it wasn't anything I don't think most fans wanted to be watching. I think we can just all agree that WWE just needs to pull back a little bit, man. Like, they just have to have such a grasp on everything and just have to push their ideas so overly hard and just uh hey did you know this did you know this did you know they're dating did you know hey by the way if in case you didn't know like you're going to fucking know and it's just like we get it man like i i just i don't recall when we were growing up watching as kids when this was like ruthless aggression ruthless aggression era that them having to throw some idea like so often the like repeating segments like six times eight times week to week to week to week you know like we don't need like two months of reminders of certain things or like repeated segments or someone just walking to the ring and walking back you know we like 
I don't know why they just have to like do so much with certain things that and it just like it drives fans crazy. Like if you just pull back a little bit and just like you know, okay, you can recognize that they're they're dating, but like once, twice, three times is enough. Like you don't have to like remind us this often. We'll get it. You know, you already know like how much research like these fans do and how much shit they know that goes on behind uh behind the scenes so it's like you know like we will they'll fucking catch on to it like you don't have to remind everyone so often it just like i said it just it does more harm than good and they're neither of them are comfortable with it that's the ultimate thing and it's making everyone less interested just not even into doing and it's just like it's hard to have a fan invested into something because it's like all right you could go to somebody's wedding the wedding could be set up very beautifully but if you could tell that the two people that are getting married aren't into the wedding, it throws off the whole vibe of the wedding, no matter what you set up in that situation. And it's like, they're those people, they probably don't want, a th- you know, thousands of their wedding every single day kind of situation, you know? Yeah, that's, that sounds pretty accurate. Uh, but we'll wrap it up there, man. I'm, I'm glad we got to jump back into it, get the people what they've been looking forward to, getting to talk about the things we love as far as wrestling goes. I mean, once again, we're just two fans putting together what the people talk about in general and making sure that everybody's opinion is heard. Uh, but, you know, let's hope for a great show as far as SummerSlam goes. I'm going to take and steal the weekend. Uh, but I'm hoping for the best with SummerSlam. Takeover is going to be interesting. It's going to be either one of the best takeovers or just one of, like, the weirdest ones, I think. Yeah, but I think regardless, we're in for a great night. But... Kev, thanks for dropping on in. I chatted up with the people sooner rather than later. Uh, But that concludes another episode of SmartCast. Be sure to follow us on all social media at SmartCast. That is spelled S-M-A-R-K-A-S-T. Please subscribe, rate, throw us your opinions. We're always looking for any feedback possible, but we'll catch you later, people. Take it easy. Later.